Are you a writer or coach? Do you dream of building a successful online business? Are you tired of hearing the gurus tell you that you need a big launch or a complicated funnel software? Whether you're struggling with self-doubt, imposter syndrome, or just feeling overwhelmed by too many choices, I can help. Hi, I'm Jonathan Milligan, author of Your Message Matters, and I recently put together a free on-demand video training called How to Build an Online Business as a Writer or Coach the Low-Tech Way. Inside, you'll discover the low-tech system that 30 x my online business. Just go to freetrainingvideo.net to get started. Again, that's freetrainingvideo.net. Welcome to the Blogging Your Passion podcast. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Milligan and Bob Lodick. So what about the business side of blogging? I know I had that question a lot when first starting out, and especially when I first started making money, I felt like I was completely unorganized. Well, in this episode, I'm going to be talking about smart tips for setting up your online business. But first, this podcast is brought to you by the brand new Teach Your Passion course. It's a step-by-step online video course, includes over 50 videos, and it walks you through my six-step blueprint on how to create an online course. So if you've ever wanted to create a course that you can sell on your blog, just go to bloggingyourpassion.com slash teach, and you can watch a video series where I walk you through that process. All right, so let's jump right into today's episode. So today I'm actually going to have you listen in on a special webinar presentation we did a couple months ago, and it's with my CPA. Her name is Erin Johnstone, and you can find her at vividnumbers.com, and she's really become an expert in the online business space, and I lean upon her in a big way to help me get organized, and she's done that for me. And so today I'm going to play a conversation that we were having, answering some of the basic questions that people want to know about when it comes to setting up your online business. And the truth is the tips you're going to learn today are things you can implement right now, even if you're currently not making money. Because more than likely, you probably have some expenses associated with what you're doing to get a blog off the ground. Sometimes we buy software, we're hosting it like with HostGator. And so how do you set it up correctly? So she's going to talk about the one thing you must do when setting up your online business. And this is going to make all the difference. She's also going to dive into some of the terminology that we often don't know EIN numbers, why would you want that, LLC, should you do that or not, a 1099, what does all of this mean? Well, she's going to walk you through, and you're going to listen in a conversation about setting up your online business correctly. So let's jump into the conversation. Smart tips for setting up your online business. So Aaron, we have people that maybe they just started a blog or maybe they've had a blog for a little bit, but they do have a desire to begin figuring out ways to earn income with that blog, whether it's through advertising or making their own products or selling coaching services or selling a physical product. You know, it can vary. um, But I would say when we talk about setting up your online business for somebody who's just been strictly an employee and they're entering into this, this new realm. What are a few tips that we can talk about that 
that sure. maybe they should know about? Well, I think it's funny in, in preparing for this, I had written down one thing. So if, if everyone leaves today and they only get one tip, they only take one thing away, which I could say this one thing and then we could be done is you need to go ahead and go to the bank and open up a business account and it doesn't have to be, you don't have to become an LLC or become an official business in the eyes of the state as far as registering with your secretary of state, but you can go to your bank that you have a personal account with and just open up another account, another free checking account and start running all of your business expenses and all of your business income through that one account. That alone will make sure that at the end of the year you've captured everything. So there are a lot of other things that can go obviously into that. But if you take nothing else away, then you need to at least do that one thing. Because if you've said that I'm blogging on the side, but I am doing this with a profit motive that I want to make money at it, then there's no reason for you not to go ahead and invest in having that separate checking account. You know, open it up, put a hundred dollars in it, start linking all the little things that, you know, the services that you might already be subscribing to, you know, those $10 a month, $20 a month things that you're paying for, you know, your blog hosting, um, all of those things, start making sure they're coming out of that business account so you can have track, keep track of it throughout the year and especially at the end of the year for tax, tax time. Yeah, and that's, that is a great tip because I know even in the beginning when I was kind of getting going, you know, I didn't do that right away. You know, I, I, I would say this. I did have a PayPal account, but I think there's some validity to also making sure you have a business account, business checking account. And it took me a little while to kind of figure that out. And what happened was I began, you know, when I needed things that were 100% for my business, I was paying for them with my personal account. And just things began to get a little bit um, messy, whereas you can keep it real clean by just opening up a business account. And, and if you just Google free business checking, there are banks out there that allow you to not have to have, you know, a $500 minimum or spend a certain amount of money. You can find those free business checking accounts out there. And you can get started, like Aaron said, with just, it, it was a sole proprietorship. I mean, you're the expert here. So I don't yeah. want to pretend to be pretend to be to understand this, but you can get started as a sole proprietorship and basically using your, well, at the very least, you're, you're going to be using your um, social security number, correct? Yes. So if today or yesterday you say, hey, I have a business, I'm in business as of today, um, you know, Aaron Johnstone blog, and that's your business, then the IRS requires you to file the default um, I guess entity type is that you're a sole proprietorship and as a sole proprietor you're going to file uh, and report all of your income and expenses related to that business on a Schedule C on just your individual tax return. So it goes with your 1040 and it's just a separate schedule where you report all of your income and your expenses. So if you don't do anything else that's what you are by default. You're a sole proprietorship and all of that income and expenses they're reported under your social security number. Yeah. Now, when I was first starting, I would sign up for a lot of affiliate accounts and I would um, they would always want to ask for, you know, that personal information, that Social Security number yeah. or an EIN number, which I had no idea what that meant. Um, but the Social Security number, I did know it. And so I started, OK, I'll put my Social Security number. In. And they, they want that for a very specific reason, because 
they want to send you a 1099 form, which we'll talk about in just a minute, but kind of one thing at a time. And then after a while, as I began to continue to add more and more affiliate, affiliate sign up for more affiliate programs that I wanted to talk about or recommend on my blog, I started getting a little bit um, unsettled with my social security number being everywhere. And maybe for some people that doesn't bother them, but it was starting <laughs> to bother me. And that's when I discovered that I could sign up for a free EIN number. And I know we can talk about this, you know, as far as the government, but I, as far as I know, and maybe you can talk about it, you can sign up for a free EIN number and you use that EIN number um, as the number for your business, correct? Correct. So the EIN is basically an employer identification number, just like the Social Security number is what you have individually. So you can get an EIN number from the IRS. They, I don't want to say that they discourage it, but they don't require you to have one if you're a sole proprietor unless you really need to file um, payroll and you have payroll. And at that point, you really need to, you do need to register and get an EIN number. So I don't want to say that they discourage it. I get the impression that they kind of do, but now with, you know, identity theft and, and people being more, um, especially with these types of things, you know, signing up for affiliate programs, you don't want your social security number out there everywhere. So if you can do an EIN and that's what you would fill out on the form, if, if something, some, somebody or an affiliate site was rec um, requesting your social security number, you would just put that EIN number in place of your social security number. And it still is for your business. So there's no, there's really no additional layer of, and that's what some people get confused on when they have an LLC, you know, well, should I set up an LLC? Well, an LLC is a legal entity that's for legal purposes. And even as an LLC, if you're the only person in your LLC, in the eyes of the IRS, if you do nothing else, you're still a sole proprietor. So you just have that name as an LLC and there's that extra layer of protection, which, you know, I'm not obviously a, a, an attorney or a legal expert, but um, an and LLC, same thing. You can get an EIN number for your LLC. And people do get confused on that and what they need to be filling out on those forms that's requesting their information. Um, and we can talk about that when we start talking about 1099s. But I yeah. would recommend everybody go ahead and just get an EIN number. I'll have a link on um, the handout and you can go yeah. straight to the IRS website and, and request your own EIN number today. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I actually saw that. And when you sent over the PDF, it had a link directly to an EIN number. So if you're one of those today that say, you know, I do want to sign up for these different affiliate accounts um, then, or you just would rather not use your social security number out there Then signing up for an EIN number is something that you can do. It's free. It doesn't cost a thing and you do it all online and it's done in a matter of a couple minutes. So, okay. One more topic, unless we can think of anything else that needs to be done in this part of this process. But I know one thing that I had to learn and questions that I get a lot is 1099. You know, it sounds like another um, tax form that I need to be filling out separate from a 1040. You know, all these numbers, the 1099, especially talking about the miscellaneous MISC, it's what you'll often see. Um, talk about what that is. And there's kind of two different angles with this 1099. But maybe you can start with one angle of um, 
me receiving a 1099, why would I get one in the mail at the beginning of the year? So if somebody's made payments to you, commissions, um, you know, for, a, for an affiliate, anything that you've been paid for that, you know, that isn't related to a product really, um, but it's basically for services or commissions, then whoever paid you, they are responsible as the business owner to issue a 1099 to anyone that they paid more than $600 during the calendar year. So you going into business yourself, you have that same responsibility and there's actually a new question that they just started putting on that form, you know, the schedule C form that I said you would need to fill out with your tax return. And it asks, were you required this past year to send out 1099s for your business. So they're really making you say, no, I didn't need to send out 1099s, meaning I didn't have any payments that, you know, that were over $600 that I made. Um, and and that all of that really came about is because that's part of what the, the IRS considers the tax gap. So all these payments that are going back and forth that are not wages, this is one way that the IRS keeps track of them. So if you get a 1099 from someone during the year and you don't file a Schedule C reporting any income, excuse me, reporting any income or reporting it anywhere else on your tax return, there's another place where you can report it on, on page one of your 1040. But that's that automatically will send a mismatch error. The, the IRS will have that in their system and you'll get a notice saying, hey, we reported, so-and-so reported that they, they paid you $2,500 and you didn't you didn't report the $2,500. Here's a tax bill for the taxes on that $2,500. And you don't want to get any of those. Yeah. So there's, there's basically, you know, okay, so there's that where if I'm earning some income, um, so let's say I am an affiliate for a host gator and, you know, at the end of the year, I've made $1,200 in commissions from HostGator then they're going to send me something in the mail that is going to be saying, hey, this is what we paid you last year that you need to include on your tax form, correct? Correct. And so when you signed up with HostGator, I don't, the official form, it's a, um, a W-9 form, is basically what they would have you fill out. So I don't know if they just did that on their website where they had you fill in the information that you would normally mm -hmm. report on the W-9, but that gives it, because they don't know. They don't know, at, you know, as of that day, whether or not they're going to pay you $5 this year or they're going to end up paying you, you know, $6,000 this year. So it's best to get that information up front, and that's where you would list your name, your address, your Social Security number, or your EIN. And then they have that information on file at the end of the year when they're required to send those forms out. And they're, re they're required to send them to you by the end of January is the deadline for that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so you should know, I mean, obviously by now for 2013, you should know, you should have already received all the 1099s that, yeah. <laughs> that should have been issued to you last year. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Awesome. So we covered you know, talking about the fact that when you say you're in business, you're in business, you have a social security number, you're a sole, sole proprietor. So we've talked a little bit about EIN numbers and the advantages of getting one, especially as a blogger or online business owner. And we've talked about 1099s. Anything else you can think of? And I know there's more to come, but just from the very beginning, anything else that you can think of right now? No. 
No, I still go back to that that big one of just having a separate checking account. So at the mm. end of the year or whenever you're sitting down to do your bookkeeping and look at your records, that you don't have to try to figure out what was personal, what was business. You know, when you're looking at the activity in your account, you'll already know that everything was business because you put it in a separate account. You know, and some people they'll say, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not at that point. Well, from day one, if you say that you're in business, then you're at that point. Because especially with the free checking accounts, there's really no, there's really no, you know, <laughs> reason not to go ahead and and make it legitimate. And as far as with clients and and different people that I've dealt with, I think one of the hesitancies is they don't want to actually have to be moving the money back and forth between accounts, but that lets you know exactly how much money, you know, your business is making or how much it's using because you're transferring the money. You're having to transfer money to fund it, um, or you have excess money that you can take out of that account. So mm -hmm. it helps you know right there from a cash flow standpoint, how your business is doing just based on the balance in that account. So, um, and, that's my biggest tip. Get, get that bank account set up or PayPal. If you have a PayPal account and you've been using it personally, you know, separate your PayPal activity as well. Have, have a separate PayPal account. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, the reason why I had to, and, you know, thinking back, um, what happened for me is there are, there are a few affiliates out there that want to pay by direct deposit and that's what, where it started to make it a little bit tricky for me because I, you know, I know when I started with Google AdSense, I started with my, just put in my personal, I didn't know any better, use my personal check account and <laughs> wire the money, baby. <laughs> and then, and then I'm like, okay, this is getting kind of um, difficult. So I need to, cause I ran into, um, I think commission junctions, another one um, who I use, um, with HostGator. And so, you know, eventually I kind of got the clue that I need to have a business checking account. And I've had one since probably 2011. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that one tip, it's, it's free to do. You can, again, you can look up free business checking, open one up and you're good to go. You can get your, your own debit card, a set of checks. And that way, anything that's directly re related to your business, you can keep all that separate. It's, it's good to start that from the beginning because it can get difficult for sure. Well, and it's it's probably also helpful to mention from, I mean, I hope no one ever gets audited by the IRS. But if you do, you know, and they're asking for your bank statements, you know, related mm -hmm. to your business, if it's all in your personal account, you know, you don't have anything to provide them, then they're going to be looking at everything that yeah. went into your personal account. So exactly. if you want the IRS to believe that that your business is a separate entity and you're in it for profit, then you, you need to take those steps to show them, yeah, I have my separate business accounts set up right here. That's where all my activity went through. Okay, welcome back. Erin's a smarty, isn't she? Well, I have enjoyed getting to know her, and I would encourage you to go and find out more about her and her services. You can find her at, again at vividnumbers.com. And I should make this disclaimer as we always should whenever we're talking about legal or technical advice. And the disclaimer is this. The information we've provided in this podcast is intended for your general knowledge. You should seek the advice of a professional on your specific accounting and tax situation. So I hope to show, um, actually share more with you 
in an upcoming podcast. Uh, there was a lot more we discussed on that particular webinar, but we will do that in a future episode. So again, a big thank you to those of you who continue to share our podcast, rate it. We recently got a, a great review from Wes. He says, I've been picking my way through the podcast and learning every day. I have one blog going and working with a partner on another, and your advice is keeping our heads in the game. Please keep inspiring, and we will keep listening. I appreciate that, Wes. I love putting out information that I wish I would have had, honestly, when I first started. That is the goal of the Blogging Your Passion podcast. So again, thank you for joining us, and until next time, go out there, blog your passion, and make a difference in someone's world.